Great. So I think I'm really pleased that we've had such an exciting afternoon of research and particularly the most recent talk given by Richard. But ultimately our research has to start and end with the patient. It is absolutely critical that we address aims in our research that are relevant to patients, that affect daily life, that affect quality of life, that are important to patients, their families and the people looking after them. So what I really want to ask in the last five minutes is, what do you want our cohort to deliver for you? We've got various uh, things that we are particularly strong at doing, we have all the information, but really we're poised uh, on the next phase of uh, where we go from now. So to look at this question, what do clinicians want firstly? We would like to be able to diagnose Parkinson's earlier and we would like to be able to tell a patient in clinic faced with a new diagnosis of Parkinson's where they will be five or ten years later. So that individual rate of change varies tremendously from one person to another and at the moment we have no good way of counselling an individual, unlike very different conditions such as cancer, where we have a much better idea. We would be, uh, like to be able to develop tools uh, that might be a very simple bedside test or could be a brain scan to make that diagnosis early on much more accurate. Uh, because if we can diagnose more accurately earlier on, we can put these people into trials at a, at a lot earlier stage, avoiding um, difficulty in data interpretation when you have a significant proportion of people that in fact don't have Parkinson's in your clinical study. And we recognise there are different uh, subtypes in the way people both present and progress and it may be that if we better stratify people or put them into these groups and compare like with like, that our interpretation of a study, a drug study, uh, will be much better. And we ultimately we want patients to take more control of their Parkinson's and we're in an age where the demands on the NHS are growing, the ageing population is growing, Parkinson's is getting more common, we've got less resource for clinicians like me and nurses and other specialists, so the patient's going to need to take more control and they, we, have we got a way to give them tools to monitor their Parkinson's remotely, for example, to, to, to do alternative uh, management. Pharmaceutical companies ultimately want an approved drug development pipeline. Richard's shown you already that the investment has gone up, but the number of drugs coming to the counter is going down. So we're working uh, with CAMD, or the Campaign Against Major Disorders in the US and Parkinson's UK. The data that you've contributed to the cohort is going to be combined with multiple other cohorts, not just in the UK, but also uh, in Europe and the US. And by combining this data, we can get a much better idea of progression. And we can start to look at drug effect sizes that might be needed. So you might need to get a 5% improvement in progression annually. You might need to have 200 patients in each group, for example. So we need collaboration and we need better symptomatic and neuroprotective therapies. We won't get there until we're in a better position to predict who will get Parkinson's, for example, from the RBD cohort that Tom's talked about. They want their investment to be assured. They don't want to take a big risk, pharma companies. So lastly, what do patients want? What do you want? And uh, as Tom has uh, said, 
uh, Parkinson's UK worked with the James Lind Alliance to identify the key top 10 priorities. And in this uh, survey, 600 people with Parkinson's, 136 carers, 86 family and friends were surveyed. And everybody said, we want to cure. <laughs> so that was their top, top number one. If uh, the question, however, uh, is what is a cure, of course, but if you put the, what is a cure aside, there was about 26 items that, were, that remained that people thought were important, uh, not just Parkinson's people, their families and also healthcare professionals. So the sheet of paper you've got in front of you lists those items, but it also has a line of free text. So if anything's been missed out that you feel is important, please write it in. We're going to formally collate this information uh, and email it out to everyone. It's going to take a bit of time. Uh, but I just wanted to end today, really, by getting a rough show of hands to see whether what our cohort feels are the top ten priorities agree with the national priorities. So if you can just get out your list, and hopefully you've circled ten items there that you feel are important. And I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up uh, if you circled the following items. So the first is, what treatments are helpful for reducing balance and falls? Okay, so that's quite good, at least half. Uh, what approaches are helpful for reducing stress and anxiety in people with Parkinson's? Okay, so that again is just under 50%. Sorry? Oh, okay, right, yep. So the first one, uh, what treatments are helpful for reducing balance and falls? I need the... Okay, number two, yeah? Yeah, so, okay, let's try and do it that way. Number two, um, what about number one? Which treatments are helpful in reducing tremor? So, surprisingly, we've always thought tremor isn't too bad a problem because it doesn't seem to be associated as much with disability as the balance and stiffness. But actually, that's the biggest showing of hands we've had so far. So tremor is a symptom that is important for individuals. Um, how many people thought number three was important, that it's important to, to identify different types of Parkinson's? Yeah, so again, that's about half. Finding a cure. <laughs> so, did anybody not tick number four, finding a cure? Okay. So that would be very interesting later on to talk about reasons for that. Um, what about number five? Treatments that ensure medications are equally effective during the day that might prevent wearing off, variability. Okay, so it's about a third of people there. Uh, monitoring dopamine in levels in the, in the body. Okay, so again about half. What about quality of sleep, number seven? Okay, so that is really important to a lot of you here. Mild cognitive problems, treatment of memory loss, poor concentration, slowed thinking. Okay, so remember you're only allowed to tick 10. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, urinary problems, irritable bladder, incontinence, urgency. Okay, about a third of people there. What drug treatments are best for the different stages of Parkinson's, so early versus complex? Okay, so that's about a quarter. Um, 
What treatments are helpful for reducing dyskinesias, these involuntary writhing movements? Yeah, okay, so that's about a fifth. What best treats dementia in people with Parkinson's? Okay, so that's not as much as I would have thought. So that's about 20%. What about treatments for managing unexplained fatigue? So again, this is about half. Uh, what about swallowing problems in Parkinson's? Okay, it's about a third. What is the best method of monitoring a person with Parkinson's response to treatments? Okay, so that's about half. What training, techniques or aids are needed for hospital staff to make sure patients get their medication on time? Yeah, that's about a third. What about bowel problems, constipation? A lot of sympathy there. Okay. Um, what about physiotherapy and what is the best type of physiotherapy for maintaining function? And I'm really pleased that a lot of people think this is important because this is something as a national group, the Thames Valley Parkinson's Excellence Group, we are focusing on and we have about 10 to 20 physiotherapists very key, very interested in this. What about medications that could be developed to allow fewer doses per day, like slow-release pills? Okay, so that's about a third. What helps improve dexterity uh, in people with Parkinson's so that they can use computers, dress? That's easily over half there. What treatments are effective in reducing hallucinations in people with Parkinson's? Okay, so that's about a quarter. What is the best treatment for stiffness or rigidity in people with Parkinson's? So that's actually half. Seems to be a big issue. At which stage in Parkinson's is deep brain stimulation most helpful? Who's interested in research that tackles that? It's about a third to a quarter. What training to improve knowledge and skills do informal carers, family and friends need to best care for people with Parkinson's? It's about half. And what is the best treatment for pain in people with Parkinson's? Great, so we've actually linked with the Parkinson's pain study in our discovery where people are given the option to do an extra 20 minutes assessing their pain. And I don't know if anyone else has got perhaps just shout out one or two other things that haven't been listed that people feel are really important that actually haven't been put into this initial survey. Speech, yes. Okay, very good. So handwriting, that would probably be included under the manual dexterity, but I agree it is a specific issue, signing checks particularly. Taste. Taste, right. Another sense. GP, uh, which would come under sort of health professional training, absolutely. Dystonia. Diet, dystonia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. What better? Freezing of gait. So who put that one? Yeah. Yes. Research specific to early onset PD? Young onset, Young. yes. So I am able to tell you that the, the tracking or proband part, uh, which is also funded by Parkinson's UK, which runs 45 sites around the UK and to which 
we contribute to is specifically looking at young onset versus old, end, old onset, using 40 years and under as their cutoff. So we'll have some data emerging from that. And just lastly at the back, right up there. Sense of smell and... Yes, so the prodromal group, for example, people who haven't yet got the motor symptoms. Yes, fantastic. So really excellent contributions. Uh, we will formally collate this. We'll give you our top 10 and we will take that into account when Richard and I meet, when the OPDC meets, to think about which treatments we want to focus on. So it just comes down to me now to thank you very much for coming. Wish you all a safe journey back and I look forward to many more of these in the future. Thank you.